0: This episode of The Moment is brought to you by DraftKings. One-week fantasy football at DraftKings means every moment could take you closer to a life-changing payday. Play when you want and pick a new team every time. Use the code MOMENT to play free for a shot at a million bucks in this week's Millionaire Maker event, only at DraftKings.com. And by Open Account, a podcast series created by Su Chin Pak and Umqua Bank. Open Account explores, through honest and sometimes comical interviews, our uncomfortable silence around money. Open account is available now on iTunes. And by Braintree. If you're working on a mobile app and searching for a simple payments solution, check out Braintree. With one simple integration, you can offer your customers every way to pay, period. To learn more, and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com slash moment. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. Before we start, I just want to say I love doing this show, and I love the interaction with the the audience and the conversation we all have. If you like the show, the only thing I ask is uh, that you tell a friend or that you tell people on Twitter or on Facebook that you just spread the word about the show. Tell people that you like it. It means a lot to me. It really helps. Whenever somebody tells somebody and it tells me, really, it's how people get turned on to podcasts. And uh, it helps this thing grow and continue. So if you like the show, not just today's episode, but hey, if you've liked a couple of them, I'm not asking too much. If it's just today's show, if this is the first time you're listening to my voice, of course you're not going to go tell anybody. You don't have an opinion yet. But if you listen to a couple of shows, if you like the show, if you enjoy these conversations, please spread the word. Tell somebody. Today's guest is Neil LeBute, the great writer, director. People always say the controversial Neil Abute, because of his subject matter, uh, and because I think of the confusion people have between the characters and what they say and uh, who Neil is. We're going to talk about some of that when he gets here. I'm really excited about this. Uh, I think Neil's a, a brilliant guy, a really interesting guy, and, and a funny guy. So we'll start the conversation when he gets here. Thanks for listening. Neil Abute in a second. Hey, Neil, thanks for being here. My pleasure. I introduced you already. Yeah. Oh, you did. Oh, Before you got I'm, here. They know who you are. Okay, so I'm, I'm here. Everyone's excited. There's well, no, no entree act It's nah, just straight yeah. to the meat. Right to it. Um, uh, always with the big words. Okay. Uh, <laughs> meat? <laughs> <laughs> Such a big one. Big in my life. That's clear. Big in both of our lives. So, you know, we were talking the other day. You said, um, hey, happy to do this, but uh, I don't like to talk about biographical stuff.
1: Great. I'm glad. I'm glad that was private. But no, I, I think it,
0: it, here's the thing: we're not going to. But um, you know, there's an entire New York Times article about how unknowable you are, hmm. and I wonder if it's some a decision could, you could make.
1: You, could you get from the article that I wasn't excited about it though? You can if you read if you actually read it from end to end. You'll you'll get the sense that I was blindsided by a a piece that was about me as opposed to like the process or that kind of thing. So it exists because they had to fill some space, but not because I was like, hey, let me tell you more about me. But all your, fr- no, no, the, but all your, fr- I mean, many of your friends spoke about you, yeah.
0: but what I, what I wonder is if you feel like that the artist, the, the, I'm, I, this isn't to um, in any way, I'm, we're not gonna do the thing you don't wanna do, I'm not interested in it, but what I am interested in it is the position. Because I wonder if it's a way to protect who you are as an artist. I wonder if it's con- if it's if it's conscious choice that, in order to do the thing you do, um, you need to be free,
1: and you need the audience to be free from that other stuff. Some portion of that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't stand behind that as like that's what it is. That it's a cause. That it makes me. It's it, the work is more important than me and all of that. It is, but I wouldn't say I use it that as a shield and say no. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to discuss me. I, I've discussed myself before, and and you know various aspects of my life, my childhood, my present life. Um, so I'm it's not that I, I'm not for that, um, but I don't love it. I don't. I don't find it the thing that I'm interested in. Other people and not what I, I mean. I'm not that interested in it myself about my own self. So why should you be? I mean, it, it, I do not think that the work should ever come second to the celebrity or the the status of who you are as a as a as a person doing that work. But, but do you also think that,
0: um, in, in your case, what I find particularly interesting in reading what people say about your work, in knowing your work, in being a fan of the thing that you do, I mean, you're one of the few writers I've ever, I mean, we were in a restaurant together in L.A. that both of us go to for breakfast, sometimes alone, because, and uh, I walked across the restaurant and introduced myself to you because I, I, I think you're great at what you do. But more than almost any working filmmaker your work when people talk about their your work they they often often leap from the point of view of your characters to immediately assuming that it's your point of view yeah they do and i'm wondering if if this if part of it is is a, a reaction to that, that that people are already doing that and so that's kind of maddening
1: it could be it could be that and and it's happened in a way like you we see yourself in the mirror and you don't see the change and somebody sees you you know and they go oh man you've been You've been actively eating, you know, that sort of thing, like, you know, or you, or you haven't been and you've lost a lot of weight. It's the thing that you don't see, the gradual change. Um, it's possible because I, I went from being someone who was trying to work and was teaching in college and um, getting work done regionally. But, but suddenly one movie created this um, explosion of, of interest. And, um, and, and with that came a label, a, you know, you are this person. And this is the way you feel about things. Um, so I, perhaps I, I guarded myself, but I, I think I've always been a more. I grew up in a in a more guarded household. I think you know a group of people who tended to, as long as the lawn was nice and and uh, you didn't you know carry your fights out onto the onto the street, that everything was okay. Um,
0: well, well, and of course you write about characters who, uh, on the outside, the lawn is just fine.
1: Yeah, mostly. Some some of them have had some crappy lawns. But for the most part, relatively well manicured on the outside and inside, there's a, a sort of Dorian Gray effect going on. They just don't have the portrait. They just The portrait is, is inside.
0: What do you think it is about the way in which you render these characters, though, that they are often mistaken as stand-ins for your own sense of morality? Is it the refusal to end things in a way where the characters get a certain kind of resolution?
1: Or to judge, maybe. did I try and reserve judgment. Um, huh. I think that's the audience, really. They, if anyone's going to do it, the audience probably will be left in that position. Um, but certainly not for me. It's not a healthy thing, I think, for a writer. Not a healthy thing for actors. You know, we always advise our actors in the rehearsal room or on set that you know don't don 't judge the worst situations i've had are people who have judged the character, someone who said, "I find this person to be stupid or I, I wish this wasn't happening to them. It makes me feel like people aren't going to like me you know and then that that that's a worrying place to find an actor you know worrying that that uh, the audience won't like them because of who they're playing or what that person has to say, but I think it's also maybe not just the characters but it 's the situation I've thought about this before and 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 wondered why it is that people make that jump. With you and your characters, your work, and maybe it's the fact that I've written a lot of characters and, and 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 work that is about relationships, and so they assume that you have lived those. This is some version of your life. This is at least the way in which you imagine men and women operate or should be, as opposed to George Lucas. You know, I don't, I don't know that people really like break him down and go, "I wonder which character he is." Is he? Is he Han or is he Luke or is he Darth you know is there a little bit of Leia in him there's a little bit of Leia in all of us really oh, yeah. probably um uh, and boy, some, boys of a certain age. And in this room, there's, uh, there's some java, <laughs> <Yeah>. I think. <laughs> Let's be honest. There's Indeed. a little bit of java to the odd. There is. So I, I don't think that people examine his characters in the same way. So I, maybe, maybe it's just the milieu that they go, it's, it's relationships, therefore something that you could have lived, therefore you must have lived them, or you have those same sentiments. That makes sense. But it's interesting the thing you say about judgment,
0: because I don't read them that way. Uh, it's a useful tool to tell actors, essential to tell actors not to judge. But I don't see how somebody can watch your friends and neighbors and not think that you have an opinion about who those people are. Even if you are not allowing the movie to um, like, sort of render a godlike judgment upon them, a fate upon them. It, it, you can't. How could one draw those characters, create those conflicts, have them make those decisions without some sense of personal right and wrong
1: that may be there that you could i mean perhaps you can take it back that far I, I suppose it's one of those things judge for yourself look where they end up you know does that look like it's a great place you know i mean people have uh the first film in the company of men that i did and 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 often people will say oh it's it's you victimize this woman and, and all this well on the surface sure that's the game that these two guys play but at the end of the end of the picture She's in, really in a far better place than they are. I think ultimately, she's you know she's moved on. She's in another job. She uh, this this guy returns into her life, and and simply by looking away, she's able to use what people and they saw as a defect as an offensive tactic. She's able to say, "I look away from you, and you can no, you have no power here. You can sit and scream at me, and eventually yeah, well, we'll take the sound out yeah, to can't. prove you know how how impotent he is." And and the Chad character is left, you know, laying there with his girlfriend, who we didn't know really was still around, and and he's with her and cooing lovely thoughts, and she goes down on him and leaves the frame, and he's left there staring at the ceiling, and you know, like someone, it's not how I wanted to end up in life. So I I think they've sort of judged themselves, you know, events happen, these are the results, and 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 you be the judge. Yeah, I know?
0: mean, I think, I think about two things. I think about billion billion some velvet morning, and I'm I'm thinking about how. In, in some, some Velvet Morning, you know, there's what some people got angry about thinking there was a trick that mm. you played. But what I wondered was, um, you know, if I were uh, a writer who was constantly being told that the, the viewer is able to see through the, the, con- the dramatic construct of who I was, then I, I could see saying, really, uh, if you can, here, go ahead. And I saw it as a, a kind of a response in a way.
1: Maybe it was, and again, maybe it's easier for you to see that than me. You know, people will ask, "Are you a biographical writer, autobiographical writer?" And, and I, I think to myself, "No, I don't. I don't pull from from my childhood or from my family's life or my parents' courtship." And yet, other people from the outside can look at it sometimes and say, "Oh, I see a direct connection." So it may be harder for me to see that um, in that piece. In some Velvet Morning, I was more interested in the idea of. Could I make an audience care about those people in a certain way, for nine tenths of the picture, and have you honestly emotionally invest in what they're doing, only to turn it around and say, "Well, it has nothing to do with that. That's not who they are." And now, how do you feel? Well, that yes,
0: but I, what I what I wonder is as a. If you're in a conversation with this audience for a long period of time, which you are, you've made a lot of movies, many plays, and it's an audience that seems to, and a critical audience that seems very comfortable in making the very judgments you say you're withholding. And if you'd stop that movie at a certain place, right, their judgments they could have felt very safe and secure in knowing right from wrong. Yes. And then you kind of, t- t- you know, it's as if you then took the camera back and showed, uh, oh, actually, there's no roof on this thing. It's the whole thing is a play.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: yeah. You know, the end of and Soderbergh's what, yeah. movie when it pulls back and you're on a set and he shows you that you're on a right. set. Right,
1: what was that, the plane
0: set? Uh, that was, that was uh, um, you know, with uh, Duchovny and... Yeah, I'm just forgetting the name of Julia
1: Roberts. I can't think of the name of the it's picture. It's a great movie. I love yeah, that movie. Really and well I love the
0: end of that film. Very clever. Because it c- calls into question a certain thing. And yours calls into... Qu- I-, I think is... One could read it as a... Resp- I read it as a response, in a way, to the certainty that people have in in responding to your work?
1: Well, I, one thing there, I think, for, for certain with that particular piece is that critics don't like to not be the smartest person in the room. So they'll always, by the time they gather themselves and make their response on paper, they'll say, I saw it coming. That's stupid, it doesn't work. I mean, they may say it better than that's stupid because that's not a great review. Um, But I've had a few like that. So they're not going to find themselves to being honest in a position of saying, oh, I really was surprised by that. And that very few are the ones who say, yes, I went for that ride. I was emotionally invested because those two were really good at their job and I believed them and felt for them. And you took me, even though it's another relationship story, you took me to a place that I hadn't been before and then took me to another place after that because the the rape scene, for instance, you know, was very simple. A couple of shots, but nothing more powerful than watching Alice Eve's face as she laid there and wept. You know, so I was like, there's no way we're going to do anything that's any rougher than irreversible or, yeah, you know. no way you know. did the job pretty yeah. well. I mean, yeah. you know, 11 minutes of that, you pretty much Is get Is that it. how you say his name? Uh, something. He's French. Well, I mean, All right. So. That's close enough. It's as close as we get. <laughs> To being accurate, and I'm French, so um, I could say that. Um, and he's not here, yes, yeah, so to protect himself. So, fuck him, which is probably what he thinks too. Exactly, I think uh, his voice no is clear. <laughs> no question about that. He's not even interested in, in what we think. So that's more than fair. But yeah, I, I didn't feel like you know here I'm gonna I'm gonna top the the greatest rape scenes of all time. It was all about her face, all about her. And then again what was really happening between them. And then even after that, after, she le- after he left the house, another strange look sort of falls over her face. The, the, the piece wasn't meant to end that way. It was meant to end her going back on the couch and putting on her headphones and waiting for the next guy huh. to show up. Yeah. But after she closed the door, I was looking at her you know, as it was happening. I was like, there's nothing going to beat that look on her face, so let's end here. Those are happy accidents that suddenly well, change the whole feel of your picture that's sort of a great moment of presence on your part
0: as someone who writes and then directs his own material a lot. How do you keep yourself? um, uh, Many writers directors have a hard time with this. How do you keep yourself alive? Especially something like that, which is constructed a highly constructed work. How do you make the decision to not be Hitchcockian in that moment and allow, I mean, not, not there's anything wrong with being Hitchcockian, but clearly you, even though that construct had a very formal design. Yeah. What allows you to stay alive enough in the moment to do that? Did that take work? Were you always
1: that way? I think it's just being precise but loose. You know, I go in with a good blueprint. I go in feeling like I've done the best work I can. But as you know, having done all the jobs that I do, yourself, everyone else, I mean, you hope you bring to the table a bunch of people who are equally smart and gifted. And who knows where the best idea is going to come from. And so for me, it's a lot of let the best idea win. And it wasn't that that Alice suddenly said, I have a better idea. It was simply seeing her face made me go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ensure this by not shooting the other piece. Okay. I still had that, that just the, the, the actual framework just to shoot. So right there on the day, you said, you said we're, we're done, said, we're yeah, that's I mean, that's, that's I'm not going to go further. I'm not going to shoot that other piece. I still had to shoot the opening segment where she was laying on the couch and the credits ran mm-hmm. over that. Um, but I, I would have also shot a piece for the end credits. But I I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Therefore, my instinct, I'm going to keep that intact by not having the other material available. My guest today is Neil Butte. We'll be right back after a word from our
0: sponsor. This episode of The Moment is sponsored by DraftKings. Play to win a million dollars this week and every week this football season at DraftKings.com. With one-week fantasy at DraftKings, you can play when you want with the team you want. Just pick your contest, pick your team, and pick up your winnings. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code MOMENT to play for free for a shot at $1 million in this week's Millionaire Maker event. Enter MOMENT for free entry now, only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. When do you know that you're ready to start writing? Does the idea form fully for you first? Uh, does the
1: structure show up? Do the characters show up? Is it different every time? It's, it's quite Different in the sense that I, I don't have a singular approach, that it could be a title, it could be a character. Sometimes it's a two guys go and do this thing, and I haven't thought through precisely how that thing will end or what the repercussions will be, even so far as to like, write a first scene and, and have that scene alter the landscape of the rest of the piece. For instance, like I did a play a few years ago with um, Ben Stiller and uh, Amanda Peet and uh, Jeffrey Wright, um, called this is how it goes, and when I started writing that piece, I, I began in a certain way. knew that they, that one character was going to narrate and be perhaps kind of an un, an unreliable narrator, and he met a woman in a parking lot and started talking to her. He knew her, but only during the writing of that scene did I realize that this was a mixed race couple that he was you know that he was talking to that she was married to a black guy, and as soon as that happened. Then all these dominoes began to fall. But you were writing. You were already writing dialogue. I was already writing, writing that the scene. Yes. And so I knew what was going to happen, that, that someone was going to come between two people. Because ultimately, he believed, and I want us to believe, that he was a better person for that. He was, in, in essence, saving that person. And that's
0: so you, is that sort of what you started with? A a, a guy who thinks that he can save A woman. A woman. Yeah. that was the sort of I, that might have been the and then you the will MPS. start and
1: that's is that enough for you generally to say I'm gonna start writing dialogue no there's a whole process of kind of wandering around and talking to myself and and muttering and and trying to get rid of the idea I, I'm what like, do you mean I'm the first critic to say this is this doesn't work this is bad this isn't worth putting up I'm not sure this this has enough there's enough there there all those things I try and shoot holes through the the idea and the ones that are flimsy fall away and the ones that stick stick and pretty soon there's a moment where i want to write that more than i want to do anything else the the afternoon hey maybe i'll go see a matinee is no longer as interesting as i need no i gotta i gotta write this i gotta get down to it and that takes over how long can that wandering around muttering uh take can take a week take a month Sometimes I'll put things away, you know. I'll, I'll write that first scene and go, mm, no, "That's not quite right." It, 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 could, it could change. It's, it's, it's n- never the same thing. Do you have you always had some sort of
0: rhythm or routine or like creative practice that enables you to stay alert, alive to these ideas? Do you do things that
1: foster it? Do you just live your life
0: and hope an idea shows up? Like, how does that work for you?
1: There's no writing calisthenics or anything. You know, it's not like I, I do the, if I do the jumping jacks of, of writing, then that will, will keep me fresh. I mean, some people think there are. There's, oh, absolutely. And I, I, mean, I, I think, th- for me, there are, but and, still, I believe, and I believe that that's true for people. I believe that, to me, the maxim is whatever works. I could care less. Right. As long as you keep spewing out what you do and actors keep, you know, if an actor goes over in the corner and stands on his head or walks in and, and it's literally like a, a flick of a switch... What do I care? As long as they're able to tap into that thing that they can do, that's fine with me. As long as that process doesn't intrude on somebody else's process, then it begins to be pr- troublesome. That's a very libertarian it
0: view is. of this. Yeah, it's yeah. like He's almost here. strict, like old yeah. Uh,
1: libertarianism. Yeah, if we could get you know like a, a flat tax, I'd be. I I might get elected actually. I might have a shot. in yeah. sixteen. Um, but I I really do kind of believe that. And it's like I know that you have a different process, and I know that. What do I care? Because in the end, you produce that thing that I want to go see or read or whatever. But yours is. But for me, it's not the same. Yeah, I don't wear the same clothes every day, or do the Michael Crichton. I must eat the same food. I don't want to have any you know intrusions into my process. I'm gifted in a way that I can kind of write morning, noon, night, not at all today. I always feel like I'm writing because it's always it's not a nine to fiver. You know, you never shut it off. I can be engaged in other things. I can be at watching another movie and drift into, if you were looking in my eyes, you could probably see the, oh, he's, he's starting to create. So that's that's a curse and a gift, I guess. Um, so you can, you can be at a dinner. Yeah. Does it cause you issues with
0: uh, friends or relationships at times? Of where co- you're, of course. I mean, where they're
1: like, where the uh, fuck are you? Hey, yeah, not 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 terribly so, but but certainly have have felt that kind of come back, you know, come back to the light, because you're. you're but to you're you're you, the light's now. actually
0: in that other place.
1: I can be overtaken with that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I love what I do, and, and um, I, I've never found that to be a burden, to be like, oh, I'm sorry I went to that writing place. It's a, it's a great place to be, and it's a place that I you – know, directing is the thing that gets me out, is the thing that takes me outside and, and says, oh, you should be with people occasionally. Because I could, I could stay in that place and, and, and just work alone for a long time. I just was thinking about this thing you said a minute
0: ago. I'm trying to figure out this thing about, about the characters and the non-judgmental thing, and I think Billy and Billy actually represents a big change, because often your characters, a thing your characters don't often do is recriminate themselves. It, it may be implied, you may, but but it it's not sort of like uh, the big staple. They kind of act, they do the thing that they do, and then and at the end, because they don't, perhaps we do. But Billy and Billy, they both beat the shit out of themso- themselves.
1: And each other on occasion. I,
0: yes, but they they are aware, in an active way, of their own folly, and yeah. I, were you, was that conscious? <laughs> uh, was, you know, in creating that situation, and then in allowing them to do that because I love the show and people haven't seen it. It's hard. Yeah, to. See. It's, it's almost Im-
1: impossibly difficult to see. <laughs> now it's getting easier. It's on iTunes. And oh, good. Like a couple but of it people, was, I, people I think have kindly downloaded on YouTube for, for everyone now. So that, that's that been taken care of. Well, good. It it's, was impossible yeah, to see for a long time. I hated time. it. People couldn't just get it free from their friends like usual, B- like be, everyone's album. So
0: <laughs> Because in a way, it's the most accessible. It, it's, it's oddly the one-liner. um stepbrother and sister who start having an affair, it seems like it would be, in a way, the most off-putting or difficult or inaccessible. Vintage, I like to think of it as. That word doesn't
1: mean that. (laughs) I know, I mean, vintage me. But, oh, sure, vintage (laughs) (laughs) LeBute. All right, good. Well, now we have your album title. Here's another slightly (laughs) uncomfortable place we've found ourselves. Yeah.
0: Let's see what happens. But it turns out to be the most accessible, I think, because... Not only because of how you cast it, because you gave her a friend she can talk to, mm. because you gave him a community of people who actually aren't like him. Did you intend it in, in that way?
1: Only in, in that I think it was it was working itself toward a template of a romantic comedy. It was like, how can I take that? What might be seen as a slightly unpleasant idea that people think well, a weird taboo that really isn't taboo. That this they were raised as siblings, so therefore they are and they're not. Um, But how can you take that and actually make it really fun and palatable and and romantic? And um, so much of that is casting. It's absolutely, you know, who you get your hands on and and how they do it. Um, But on the page, certainly I was was mindful of the kind of tropes that that work in that world. And so I, I began to push toward those and make them Work for me. I mean yeah, they do talk
0: like your characters. Yeah. They do things that are outside of uh, societal norms. But they're to me, they are whole people grappling with this. Often your characters have something missing. And they these two don't in the same A soft, chewy center.
1: <laughs> well <laughs>
0: They're not all Tootsie Pops, yeah. No, you feel like if Oliver Sacks had gotten in there, he could have really told you what was... <laughs> he might, what
1: part the was... The plays would be like three pages long. What like, Let me just here do this and you'll be fine. What part was missing? Yeah. But here, these people aren't like that. No. No, no. I think they're as, as chewy as the next person. And, and, uh, and was that fun to they, do? It was fun to do. It was fun to... Um, the whole thing was fun. It was fun to do something that you kind of wrote and directed and show ran and you had the freedom to kind of, for better or worse, put what was in your head on the screen. So that, that felt good. Um, casting a lot of people that I, I knew or knew about in New York who you had only paid dollars to before, you know, it was nice <laughs> to actually say, and here's an actual paycheck that came from, like, your union. Right. That's rather than, let me see what i right. got so after a- <laughs> this reading. Let me, let me <laughs> right. pay you in. So, as a makeup call, yeah. it was great. So, that that felt good to occasionally pay actors for what they do. Uh, and when you're in the theater, that can that can be a, a bit of an issue. Um, and was it a challenge to yourself that you
0: were happy to, to be able to fulfill to, to you know, you told me that you you wrote it like sort of the whole season in about a week or a little over a week?
1: Yeah, it was quickly. I mean, the actual writing came. Again, I'd been thinking about it for a long time. DirecTV and I had been thinking about doing something and we were going back and forth, back and forth. And so in my head, I was planning out how would I fill 10 episodes because this is something You, mean, you knew I, what the complications would be. To a certain point, yeah. and or, or where again, where the horizon was, where I was headed out there. And those things then, you know, I don't like to know too many of those things. I like to stumble through the desert of my writing because, oh, there's a pothole here and that's an interesting pothole. I wouldn't have just naturally stepped into that because you could break an ankle. But you stepped into it, you didn't, you dusted yourself off and on you go. I think when the writing is at its best, it's doing that. It's surprising you. As well as hopefully surprising the people who watch it, that they they don't get ahead of it, they don't see what's coming. They go, "This is very familiar. This is one of those things where a boy meets girl, and, and then some, something happens." But it happens in a, in a different. way. I don't way. know why the, the Magic Christian just popped into my head. Oh, that no, that's a strange journey there. That's that's because.
0: Well, I was just thinking about that book, the Terry Southern book, mm. and the you know this character has to keep going kind of further in order to get some sort of feeling of being alive
1: right right yeah well which is in your work yeah that's that's probably a, a greater imagination than i can i can ever hope to have jerry southern was a, a rare bird i mean he was able to work in in so many different ways
0: but you can almost feel with that thing uh, someone doing the same thing you know the character acting out that art the thing you're talking about trying to act out as an art as an artist which yeah. is how can i put myself in the story in a situation where i'm I have to do something in order to generate a response in, in, in myself, something that feels real.
1: Yeah. I think at my worst, I can get into that place where um, something can be more of an exercise. You know, it can be like the, one of the earliest plays that I had in New York, a play called Bash. I, I knew I wanted to write kind of modern Greek plays and that sort of thing. But a lot of it went all the way back to how long can I keep a character in a chair and have them talk to you? And that will be interesting. When you say modern Greek plays, do you mean tragedies? Ultimately, that you I mean, want to, tra- tra- tragedy, people argue that they can't have tragedy today and all those kinds of things. But yes, like here's a modern take on Medea. Here's a modern take on... But, but the very
0: moment that you say that these things are tragedies, you are refuting your own statement about not judging.
1: Possibly so. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, by, but, by, by
0: definition, you but are. There,
1: in a sense, I, I feel like I'm adapting something that already existed. You know, that's... That wasn't my idea. That was, that was Euripides uh, or, or somebody else's. You know, by the time Eur- 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 Euripides did it, he was good. He was, he was good. Nice understatement. He was, he was good. Um, he was like Jimmy. If you don't know, he was like the Jimmy Page of, <laughs> was, yeah, you know. Exactly. Um, from my understanding of the Greeks, <laughs> there's a great, a great line. That's the pull quote from the whole interview. Yeah. But my understanding is it wasn't like... Whoa, Euripides! Where'd you come up with that story? This was a story that had been passed around a long time. This was his take on Medea. Now, so many of the Greek plays don't don't exist, and we're not able to say did Sophocles write one? Did you know Aristophanes probably not? We were talking about this one day. <laughs> Couldn't find a way to Wait. make it a big comedy. <laughs> we
0: were talking about this one day how how uh, the big trick that classics professors always uh, have is that they can recite these plays from memory, like all the Greek plays. <laughs> you're like, yeah, there are seven of them. Yeah, it's like or that, however many that, there don't, are. Don't act like that was the canon of, of Shakespeare that you just whipped out yeah it's like knowing all the songs okay. on all the nick drake's albums
1: yeah or they or they can do <laughs> yeah yeah they do like a little sh, a little scrap of it and they're like unfortunately um, the rest of it's not extant you, i don't even <laughs> know what that word <laughs> no, means let terrific, alone yeah. let alone what you're talking about yeah. but yeah they get to fall back on that that there's only these seven precious plays that they can mull over
0: yeah uh yeah i can i can, listen if he would have written more it wouldn't only be ode to a grecian Urn that i know Exactly. He stopped at 24. Exactly. That was it. I would have been the foremost
1: scholar. <laughs> but so you, you're saying that so anyway, exercise the, as part, exercise. Part of that was an exercise in my – how long can, can an actor, you know, with just the very elemental gifts, the kind of like Peter Brooks says, give me a bare space and an actor and, you know, an audience and let's see what happens. Um, now, as he's older, he likes a piece of carpet on there as well. But But, <laughs> but you don't want – you're saying you don't want to get yourself – yeah, even if that was a younger, if that was sort of like your, your idea ideas. a younger man. I don't man. want things to feel that way, like, oh, that was just an exercise. He just, you know, even something like Some Velvet Morning, he was just, and then maybe that's where some of the, the, the negative response could come from, someone saying, oh, he's just, you know, manipulating me. All he did was make me feel a certain way, but I didn't have all the information. Now I feel like I've been cheated. So, you know, that you do run that risk. Of course,
0: later, you know, artists get celebrated for that stuff. But during the time, very often, they don't, right? Later, an artist will be thought of as somebody who was willing to take all these risks.
1: But at the time- Oh, yeah, the 100, risk can 100 just... years from now, they'll be pulling the old Some Velvet Morning gag out. Like, <laughs> I'm going to use that that idea again. But right now, yeah, it's you either love it or you don't. More of my conversation with
0: Neil Butte after a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Moment is sponsored by Open Account. Money is one of the last great taboos, something we all need but rarely dare discuss until now. Open Account, a series of interviews created by Chin Pak and Unku Bank, explores our collective uncomfortable silence around money. Honest, emotional, and sometimes comical, Open Account goes deep into the most rewarding, challenging, and paradoxical aspects of the number one leading stressor in America, money. Open Account is available now on iTunes. Getting back to the themes of these things, because, yes, there's... Because I think that's the the sort of twin aspect is... You may find sort of a gag that you want to see if you can pull off, but you do, you do bundle these things with heavy thematics. And I don't know if you start with them, because you haven't talked about theme I, really all. I promise at all. you I don't.
1: That's probably why. Because I, I, I can't say that I've honestly ever written thematically on my own impulse. I, I say that because I have done it when asked to do so for an event. I'm writing a a monologue for uh, the royal court is doing a thing that Danny Boyle curates where the young African boys and girls have written stories about their lives and then writers put those into monologues. And, you know, there is a kind of overriding theme to that. Um, There's a there's a food crisis, you know, evening of plays going on in London right now that I have one for that sort of thing. That's theme. Uh, Well, but but I have never really sat down and said, I want to write about. Well, but I guess this
0: point of view, a better word. A better expression, because not a word. It's three words put together with dashes. But is,
1: is... Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe that's... But that seems to come from who those characters end up being. You know, I I try to be truer to the characters than I am to the audience, certainly. You know... What do you mean? A piece is going to end the way... I mean, I'm writing it, but I, those characters take over in a significant and certain way that I think that they ultimately are helping to dictate where the piece should end and it may not be in a satisfying reliable place that an audience is used to that this person is going to get their come up and good will triumph over evil we've been taught that since the the first books we we were yeah but
0: no i mean you said as, that as a, as a i mean you have said this many times oh, but i i would uh, i would say that is a point of view that you have right that there is a, a point because don't you I mean, do you think that there is? I guess
1: I don't. But I, but then again, I don't want it to be like that's the thing. I'm that's going to be my thing as well. I'm I'm only going to do that. I will be the contrarian who these people will it will end different than what you would expect it to ever end. But you do get, in, don't you get into you a, funny a world. Place. But you're saying you
0: don't have a. You know, do you not think you have a worldview that you are. Showcasing that you're shining a light on um, uh, a view about the way people think the world works versus the way that the world works. Like you don't do you do you not think that that's at play? That that's part of why there is such a thing as a Neil Butte
1: play or maybe, film. Maybe so. Maybe I don't know if it's consistent enough to really feel like it is that thing. I don't know if that idea of something that that you could say that's well. written by him or made by him has been based more on that or it's been based on.
0: Well, for instance, do you, the social a utility... Kind of
1: dialogue or... Yeah, I don't know. Well,
0: let me ask you this question as a way of getting to it. Um, do you think that there's a great social utility in truth-telling? And do you think most people tell the truth?
1: I think that truth is a really elusive thing. I think that they, people believe in truth. Uh, but that we as a society have found that it's easy to manipulate. It's one of those, you know trees in the forest kind of things. And that it's one of those those places in our lives that we find ourselves often being tested, often falling short, but having to find a, a way to to justify that. That it was worth doing for the person that we told it to or told it about. Um, I, I do think it's a very, a very fragile thing that that people hold in high regard but find very easily to to slip on that path. Yeah. Do people really hold it in high regard? I think they do. I mean, you I want to believe well, that. Maybe, I, maybe I just want to. Well, believe do they? It. Hold, but um, you know, maybe I hold it in high regard, and because I'm not, I, you know, and I, you I can't live I, up to it. And oh that's, god, right. yeah. I've never, I, I've never been, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a family of that was, um, not that the currency was secrecy, but it was on both sides. You know, there was a, there was an abuser and someone being abused, and both of them, you know, used that in, in a certain way. And um, used, you mean use dishonesty, use
0: the fact of the secret of the, the secret of the abuse
1: that, that there was, that there was safety in, in manipulating the truth that where, you know, where I've been, what you've done, how I feel about that, all those things that to get to the real true feelings of that was much more frightening than the facade of what was being created, to, to you know, here was the, here was the story as presented to the community at large, or even to ourselves, to the four of us in the house, that this is, this is who we are. This is what is going on. Well, sure.
0: And, and, in the, the sort of other side of, uh, we all want to say we're telling the truth is, is another question to try to get to the sort the of worldview on this is, um, I think most people that I think in your, in, in, in your work would say, tell me the truth. I don't know. Do you think people want the truth? Do you think yeah. that people want to hear uh, the truth? People
1: probably don't say it often enough in my, in my plays. Um, I think some people do and I think it's refreshing to be around someone who is truthful. Um, oh, I'm saying who want to hear the truth though. Do you think, that's really what I'm maybe, asking yeah, I mean, that, that That is a different thing, certainly. Um, I think some people do. They want to tell the truth and they definitely want to hear the truth. As bad as it could be, they'd rather have the truth than, than a, a lie layered on top. So I've got to dig through that. I've got to, Find my way through that thing, and then get down to the problem that still might exist um, that 's just a whole extra amount of work that some people don 't want to deal with, whereas others will you know spin webs of of deceit around something that wasn 't even that bad in the beginning but but your your reflex is so strong to to not be caught to not you know lie to someone or to not you know hurt them. Um, to be a pleaser, to be an enabler, to do those things—you know—there's there's a lot of reasons that we do it. It isn't always just some sociopathic. This will be fun, you know. It's not like a group of Valmonts running around going, right. "What a beautiful day! I think I'll go screw someone over," you know. That rare is that, even for me. But if you're going to drama, rare, even for you, uh, what? even rare for me is is writing the the sociopath, you know. I, yes, I, I've I've written some difficult characters, but very few have been the I'm without emotions. I don't really even understand what it is that you're doing now. That weird water coming out of your eyes. I'd love to know how what that feels like. You know, I kind of wrote yeah. one character. That well, really sadly sort of for you,
0: it was the thing that I'm mean, not. Sadly for you, right? It was a great thing, but but also um, it's a stand-in. That's the Neil Labute male. Exactly. That is a very reductive reading of it, and I don't. I think that you've. Moved, I mean, I think that. Any sort of people worth paying attention to critics paying attention to like um, would accept that you've only done that a couple of times, yes, yeah. but do you think um, that your work questions whether it's realistic to try to hew to an objective good
1: i th- I think the the work has examined that I think the work has said um, and, but but I, I think that some part of me has shown through that and said there is such a thing as I, i'm I'm interested at least in. Is there good and bad and right and wrong? Is there? Yes. Yeah. Right. Is, is there? Those are the big questions. That's I mean, the question. You know, yeah. That's what I'm supposed to do. Writers are supposed to ask questions. I, I'm not supposed to have them all. I mean, mean I'm I, supposed to have the answers to the questions. Exactly. I, I'm, I am often annoyed by the person who asked the question only to then provide the answer. It's like, you know, well, why did you ask me? Why didn't you just make the statement and save some time? I I think that that is really the the underlying job of... Of what we do as writers is to say, "Here's another possibility. Here's another view on that. Here's another take on the idea of someone who wants to do good." You know, I mean, in or a way,
0: yeah, you know, one could say like your work is the tail is like represents sort of like a tail end of existential, of existentialism on some level because, you know, those que- like um the questions raised by existential philosophers by existential filmmakers who you loved. Uh, love now, even if they're not making those movies anymore. It does seem like those are, their are variants of those questions and attempts to answer them that run through your stuff.
1: I, I would think that's fair, yeah.
0: And so do you think that that is, for now, like the end of philosophical, like, do you think that philosophical, that it can go further? Like, do you think there are absolute answers to the questions that those
1: films and those people raised? I hope not. I mean, it'll be boring for somebody who comes after us, you know, if we actually go, well... We answered that. Good enough. What next? You know, what else should we talk about? Um, th- there will always be people struggling with what is right and what is wrong. And then they'll get specific. You know, this is what about this government? What about this religion? What about the way I feel toward this person who I'm not supposed to but, like? But also, I, how do
0: I what can I justify that makes me feel? I mean, the thing I'm talking about is, is, you know, and I'm not stuck on some velvet morning, but I mean, if you take it out far enough. You know, why is that the fantasy? Why is that what they have to live out? Why is the next fantasy what they have to live out? This idea of some sort of um, need to cut yourself to feel something, you know, because we're all going to die. And when what one can justify to try to claim human feeling?
1: Yeah, I think it's gotten it's gotten more difficult for people. I think that it there's the more that we've been given, the less we've been given in a way. You know, the more we've been able to be in contact with the world through all the, all the mediums and, and the web and all these things, the more we've often found ourselves isolated in doing so. Then I'll sit in my house and talk to you in Scotland or in, uh, in Belgium and, and we'll never actually meet in Scotland or Belgium or in New York. It's, it's about we've made this little contact and I've liked your thing that you put on your, on your page and, uh, and that's enough. Contact. You know, I think people really have taken to texting and, and tweeting because there's, there's so much less work to it than there was sitting down and writing a proper letter. Today, somebody sends me a letter. You're like, wow, you really care. You, you either, you know, are so old-fashioned or you actually realize what a, what a gesture that is, the time it took to do that and, and, and buy, the, buy the materials and, and write the letter and post it. And, um, so then do you understand
0: why people have to do things that are like uh, outside of the of of uh, of what's considered like the norms in order to get some kind of genuine endorphin hit some kind of genuine feeling of being alive or of connecting
1: well i think it's i think it's a world that is you know you can go in both directions with that there are, the, the world itself has sped up so greatly i mean if you look at hundreds of years previous to say even the you know 1800s how similar so many things were in that world, transportation, those kinds of things, and how how much has happened in the last hundred and fifty years. And how much more quickly we can get our hands on everything and how much more is acceptable um, to find a place that you feel is something new or 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 an escape from all of that. I think we have we've been having to go to greater and greater extremes to find Solace in in something that's outside of of the norm. That this is I don't I don't want to just be caught up in the in the wheel of that everybody else is on. I I, I now need to find I can't just go hiking this weekend. We're not just going to go up into the Catskills. I've got to go to Antarctica because nobody else is, is there. You know, a, there's a weather team and me, and, it, and it's worth me paying thirty thousand dollars to go do that. I can't really just um,
0: write a love letter to somebody across the country. I have to. Tweet, send sixteen texts to fourteen uh, women. I
1: and, have to and make sure that everybody knows about it, you know, and 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 hope that they all have liked it. And uh, you know, and and here's a picture of myself. It used to be so much about you know keeping a lot of this this part of ourselves private, or you know just to share with a, a certain number of people. And now it's all about how many people you know love the the picture that I've taken of outside of my train um something that you might not have even bothered to show to someone it's so easy to show those things today to say hey what do you think to get a little hit a little endorphin hit of just basically it all comes down to t- tell me that you like me tell me that you like me over and over and over and over so we, where we've, where we've do the, where do the culture
0: where do the sort of uh old themes of uh you know like shame transcending your own limitations. Like, where do they? Where does a playwright or uh, a writer go to grapple with the stuff that you've written about in a world where
1: those things are sort of? Yeah, I don't know. The goalposts have shifted a great deal. So, so what it takes to shame a person today is different than you know even when I started writing. And all I know is that that the mediums that I'm, I'm working in—film, television, theater even more so perhaps than, than any of them, are the places that we're supposed to wrestle with those things. My guest today is Neil Butte.
0: Stick around for the last part of our conversation after this short break. This episode of The Moment is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy online payments. If you're a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. Braintree is the payments solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Muntree. Braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical And now you can add a similar experience to your own app. Braintree gives you a full stack payment solution, support for all payment types your customers might want. Start accepting PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo cards, more, all with a single integration across all platforms. To learn more and for your $50,000 in transactions without paying a fee, go to braintreepayments.com slash moment. That's braintreepayments.com slash moment. Are you do you find, though, that when you have written, okay, you've written an act of something or the first 30 pages of a a movie script that you start to recognize shit you've been grappling with in your own life, you know, stuff you've been talking to your friends about late at night or that you've been somehow you. Oh, yes, this is actually answering a question that I've had or is it entirely oh, sure. separate?
1: Sure. No, and I, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm guilty of that, but that sounds like a negative thing. It's not because it's not a negative thing. No, it's a pie. No, it's yeah, not. It's, it's, it's loaded. It means you're loading it with the sh- stuff that's really alive for, for Absolutely. you. And it, but that, again, doesn't mean that that character then is me simply because I may find a way to to speak about that that idea, that theme or oh, that... Oh, of course that character. Yeah. I mean, no... But, I, though people will often make that because I heard you talk about this once, therefore this character must be you. Um, people do, you know, run through these things. We all we have similar concerns. We we all get caught up with, with a variety of things that that mean, you know. Im- well, no, so if you're putting something on its feet, um, you could be uh,
0: um, you could have a character at the center who you realize a certain amount of the way through. Oh, that person's acting out this thing that I witnessed or that somebody else said or something that actually I hate.
1: Or maybe you don't. Maybe for you it's only stuff that you're... No, it's certainly, it certainly f- comes from all ideas. Certainly not just me. It's stuff that I've either seen or just make up. It's just that you go, this falls within the realm of, of possibility for, for human behavior. But that's for me all that's all it's important, is that it's possible. That any of these characters, yeah. I, I want them to go on a journey that isn't every day. I don't, you know it's not a documentary it's not it's not saying this is how all men are or what happens when a man and a woman get together inevitably it will be this it's this is one version of that that is possible that people being within this pocket of civilization they could have this thing happen to them and I want the audience to go wow i that's that's another take on the first date that I haven't well, seen well, yeah before. I found
0: uh my wife writes these really dark beautiful novels and um wrote a movie that is coming out in a, a month. Um, and was it a bunch of film festivals? And in these interviews, I would watch people say, "Well, there must be something autobiographical about this." Um, Why must there be? Right. But but then sometimes she'll say about her first book, which is called A Mouthful of Erin, is about uh, a young mother and in, in infanticide and all this crazy stuff. She would say, and and people and I I, I have to think, just knowing you, the even the way that I do, sometimes she'll say, "Well, yeah, I I have the capacity as an artist to." Um, write my nightmare version of the life i'm really glad that i didn't end up living and i'm i'm because that's the other the, the other side of that thing when people might just say oh neil lebute is writing another neil lebute character but isn't it possible that at times you can recognize your worst impulses and instead of living them you can write them
1: oh almost always yeah yeah um i mean i, I bumble along enough as a person and <laughs> i don't always and i don't always put that on on the paper um but the funny thing is yeah you you create characters that that on their own somebody may say oh horrible that's just awful and but as soon as you point out that have you read the paper today you know you 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 really again remind them of of how amateurish we are as artists compared to what people are actually capable of doing and 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 you have to filter that through the fact that and it really happened i didn't just imagine someone who did this And then these were the results of that. This guy actually went down into his basement. Oh, yeah. Built this thing and took his daughter down there for 20 years. So that continued to happen over the course of 20 years in reality. And he had children with her and, you know, um, not to speak badly of the Austrians. Uh, I'm not. I'm sure they don't all do that, but um, that's but, your second subtitle. But, you but you have to wonder. Um, not to speak badly <laughs> of the Austrians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the subtitle exactly. But that's you know we, again. If you wrote that story so often, you think oh people are going to go that it's almost not even possible, and yet so much is possible. Well, yeah. That's so what you do. What think... We've really shown over the course of human histories. Wow, look what really is possible. The highs, absolute highs and lows of what the human being is capable of. Right. So that's your real
0: anger at people in a way uh, or or the thing you feel is really unfair is that someone will look at one of your movies or plays and say, Neil LaBute is a terrible person when what you're trying to say in a way is like um. Dude, I'm just showing that we're all fucking monsters at times. That the capacity, or that the capacity is there. to be monstrous, and it must be frustrating, and also reaffirm what you think, which is like the self-absorption of people and the denial, which is what I think you're highlighting a lot, is sort of like our denial of what our nature really might be. I think
1: we do go out of our way to to, to put forth the notion that that I at least am not capable of this, and and I, I don't think we're ever. Not ever. Ever is the wrong word. Ever and never are bad ones, right? Um, we usually are not pushed into a place where we find out what are, are the great highs and lows of our abilities, our particular mm-hmm. abilities are. Mm-hmm. But in general, I know we've, we've shown enough times over and over what possibility there is there for, for the human soul and the human being to, to go and, and do something unspeakable or, or transcendental. Yeah, have you ever read The Clown by Heinrich Boll? No, German
0: uh, is about a clown in after uh, World War II hmm. in Germany. It's a perfect book. He's he, he's a Nobel Prize winning, during
1: or after writer after the. So this is with the Jerry Lewis no, movie it's div- was no, based on. No,
0: it's not. Um, it the Jerry Lewis thing might have been sort of uh, inspired by it. I mean, yeah. I've never seen. Nobody's ever seen. Yeah, it. no can, one about knows? To, exactly. But knows no, movie. the it, Boll won the Nobel Prize, but he's not as sort of well known but this one book first of all it might end up being it could be your favorite book like you you should oh i will you'll take love it a look. it's um it definitely examines the idea of the social contract which i imagine you think it doesn't really exist beyond like you take comforts away you take certain things away how long until it erodes
1: i, I think william goldman had a sense of it's only a matter of time you know, if you, you, you drop anybody on an island. Wait, William Golding. Golding, sorry. <laughs> I mean, Goldman knows a lot of stuff too. <laughs> he would put two guys on horseback. Yeah, they and, would be, yeah, they would jump off right. a cliff and say, shit. Exactly. But Golding, that's right. on the other hand. Golding, thank you. Yes. Um, he got it right. Yeah, I think there was... And yet
0: nobody said, oh, Golding, you're, you're, look at you, you're such a... You believe that uh, yeah. you're someone who thinks that uh, that guy should have gotten... They should break your gla- everyone's glasses. That's right. Yet they say it about you. Well, you think it's because uh, you set up this thing where it's often men doing these things to women? Well,
1: well more, I guess more often than not, they imagine that if you are one of the people, you're the worst example. Of the people in there, they never imagine you're the other person. Yeah, I don't. This is the part that it would it's confuse like, me. If, where if I, you can imagine this other person, then that must be you.
0: I mean, it's one thing. Like you know, people look at my work and say, "Oh, you must be a big gambler." But isn't it possible that the artist just has a fascination with people who are gamblers? Exactly. Yeah, and wonder why that is, or mm-hmm. who've been a gambler and decided, "Hey, I don't want to gamble." But what is this right. pull? What is this call? And i if I were sitting in your shoes i I would wonder like can't people just take the one step back to say, "Well, if we assume that after this many years he's still at this, perhaps he's trying to say something not quite as obvious as it seems, and does it still
1: bug you yeah I, not not so much you know i I've gotten very zen about swimming forward that you know I, I tend to read most everything because you kind of just don't. You're not safe embracing, you know, one over the other, saying, oh, this, this person wrote a positive review, therefore they get it. They're smart. They get it. And the other one doesn't get it. I believe that everybody kind of gets it. And they go, I either like it or I don't like it. You know, I, I get it and I don't love what I got or the opposite. Um, and so to, to carry around this, oh, so-and-so likes my work now. Um, what do you do if they don't the next time? So so you read it, but you try to divorce I, I it of its power. It, it's, you know, you you spend all this time doing it alone, and and then in front of a small group of people, and then so it, to, to actually understand and hear what other people have to say about it, that's okay by me. But I try to not invest too much in in what they say, and know that they are the ones who. You know, They've been paid somehow to 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 write something. They've been given the tickets to go see what it is they saw. I mean, they're the, they're the one player at the table yeah. who hasn't actually monetarily invested. So I certainly listen every bit as much to the audience in the moment. You'll find me mostly in the back of the theater watching the audience. If you ask anybody afterwards to then give your, their review, they then take on an import that, that, well, I thought about this. But moment to moment watching them, did they – stay focused on the story did they laugh here or there those are the the audiences that really you know
0: and you've trained yourself to care about that audience more
1: well it tells me more it tells me more it's it's a hard thing to regulate laughter you know most people don't in the dark in a group of of people they're unguarded in a way if something makes them laugh it's a kind of involuntary response it it struck them and they and they laugh they cover their mouth they laugh out loud they elbow their friend you know if they're sad they they start to cry uh, if they're unfocused, they go back to their program. You know, they they, they their body tells you physically what they think of your, of your work. Mentally, that's all great to hear as well later, but it's all filtered through a moment that you've had to step away from the work. So moment to moment, it's really important to me. It seems like the involuntary response is a great thing to
0: chase and that you're chasing it all the time in your own. In fact, when you work, I think it, it sounds to me like you're trying to, as an artist yourself, sort of tap into the
1: Involuntary yeah. you, response. You wanna, do it. You want to know what a person really thinks. So that's that's you know where you're going to get it. Right there is from that. My body has responded this way. But to, even putting yourself as you're
0: writing in a spot where you don't know what's going to happen next causes you to have some sort of a response. to be the first one to so have the first that. one to have yeah. an involuntary. I can response. get to the
1: end of a scene and go, where did that come from? Wow, I, that wasn't where I set out to go. And now I, I I talked about that, and that's where you suddenly look at the page and as you were saying, and you go. Oh, thematically, something is now happening that I didn't go in there think, talking about this. And now, what was this huge sidebar about politics or about you know uh, about the environment? Where did that come from? I just it just came from that conversation. So y- y- your mind can dictate those things in a way that perhaps um, writing down you know bullet points can't do that. It's you know the, the more you calculate, the the less you are open to the moment and and. Nicely done. Well, thank Anything. you, Neil. That, I mean, where, where are we going from there? Oh, you pretty much. I gotta, think that's it. I you think gotta, we've. You gotta think sign we've, off. I on think that. we've ended it, yeah. uh,
0: Neil LeBute, Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I think uh, you revealed a lot without um, us having to do any biographical. You're so clever. Stuff at all. <laughs> I You're so clever, I, Neil. I, I wish I were. Uh, no, seriously. Uh, go see if you don't know Neil Butte's stuff. Go find it. There's tons of it out there, and um, read about it afterwards. Just go watch it. First, if you want, are you on social media at all? I'm not. All right. If you want to reach Neil, you can't. <laughs> if you want to reach me right. um, uh, on Twitter at Brian Koppelman, you can I can, t-
1: I can be reached through you.
0: I c- can. Oh, that's great. And, uh, my email is uh, themomentbk at gmail But um, I will not pass stuff on to Neil. Except, you know what he wants? If you have like ideas for plays that he should write. <laughs> He did. Just write. I if won't even read them. I'll just write. I'll forward them on. Just write like,
1: idea for Neil Butte and I'll just forward them to Neil. If those actually exist, things that I haven't written about yet, please send them on. There you go. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.